Hey everybody, welcome to Soul Food. It's great to have you. My name's Father Ben and I'm here with Kira Roddy and Sylvia Vega. How are you guys doing? Good, Padre. How are you, Kira? Good. How are you? I'm good. Yay. Yeah. This is <laughs> it's fun times around here. Awesome. <laughs> it's great to have everybody. We are going to be talking about two things very important today. Um, so first thing I want to talk about is curry. Do you guys ever use curry? Nope. I do. Do you? Do you like it? Okay. I, w- I have to admit... I was a little nervous about curry, and I was like, no, I'm never eating curry, and I'm never eating Indian food. I know that sounds horrible, but it just It's was an like, experience. It, it, yeah. The smell always just kind of threw me off, so I was like, oh, really? I'm not going to do it. Yeah, but I then just was like, we had some recipe where we had curry, and then I'm smelling curry, and I'm like, this smells really good, and then the recipe was awesome, and then I went and ate Indian food, and I loved it, and I was like... I was all wrong all the time about curry. So I will add curry to like, even if I, I know this is wrong, maybe not, I don't know. But even if I open up like a can of tuna, uh-huh, yeah. I'll add no, curry it's a good combo. It. It's a good I mean, combo. It's, 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 a, it's almost like a hickory really? smoked yeah. I've never had flavor. It. Well, they do Again. add curry to both tuna and chicken salad. Yeah, I need yeah, to so enlighten me a lot. Yeah, so you're so. a curry convert. I am. Wow. I really am. And I Welcome. I was wrong. Welcome. Tell yes. me a little bit about the flavors okay. of curry. So curry is not actually a spice. You okay. know this, right? No, I didn't know this. Okay. It's a blend of spices. And there's five types of curries. Okay. okay. To further complicate the waters. Okay. Great. Okay. The way you can remember that is you have five fingers on your hand. Okay. So perfect. You know, okay? Here we go. So first one, there's yellow curry, which is what most everybody's had. Anybody mm-hmm. know what makes it yellow? No. Turmeric. Turmeric. Thank you very much. Yes. Which Gosh, is very I'm good totally for your bones. I'm so okay, competitive. So <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. Didn't okay. You? Okay. So um, there's yellow curry, white curry. Okay. Made with coconut milk. Mm. Okay. Um, there's green curry, very very common in Thai food, um, made with chilies. Mm-hmm. Okay, and mint that make it green. Mm-hmm. There's black curry oh, believe never it or seen not, that one before which is common in mongolia mm-hmm. so black curry they char black That's all the seeds okay and it's like the color of charcoal okay okay what so seeds? imagine like all the seeds that are in it in what in curry and curry and curry so they char okay. like so that would be like mustard seeds fenugreek seeds oh cumin I see. seeds okay got it so they char them midnight black which okay. most people would never do they just want it toasted yeah. And so, um, and then after that, we have red curry, which they make with red chilies. Okay. I'm so. interested in red, yellow, and white. Mm-hmm. No, wait, wait. The mint kind of throws me off. Yeah. It's mm. really good. It's really, really good. Yeah. yeah it's, it's super duper yummy. So they actually have in India, they have uh, this curry toasting skillet that has a it's it's small Mm -hmm. and um it has a super long handle and what you do is you when you're toasting your seeds you roll it over a fire so and man you can smell Mm -hmm. it like Mm -hmm. cooking Mm -hmm. miles away it's so good have you guys ever heard of a spice called asafoetida no No. so asafoetida is um it's it's almost like a resin that they use in uh indian cooking and what it does is it it amplifies amplifies the curry flavor. Okay. Now here's the problem. Okay, it smells like death. It smells so bad that there's a joke in northern northern India. There's a joke that says that you can smell the Asafoetida market over the Himalayan mountains. <laughs> like oh it smells. It, it smells. But you remember me telling you about that fruit, the durian fruit that yes. smells yeah. like death. 
Yeah. Okay, so it smells almost as bad as durian fruit. And you, okay, and people eat this? Yeah, right? That's <laughs> what I'm, that's, yeah. But it's, what it does is it amplifies the natural flavors of the curry. So the it's like salt. The flavor is still good. The flavor is still good. Okay. You don't have to have it, but it, okay. I have to say, I personally really like it. Okay. 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 And so it's kind of, it's kind of cool. But um, curry is, it's really beautiful. It's a, in some ways kind of a good metaphor for the church because you have these, a blend of spices that come together and they create something better than their individual parts. Mm, look at that. Yeah. Right? And so like, um, uh, there's another spice called garam masala. Have you guys ever heard I've of heard that? I've heard of that. Don't know what it is, but I've heard about it. Yeah. These and are spices you cannot get at Kroger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and garam masala is really sometimes called sweet curry. So this yeah. is very common. It's amazing. It's amazing on like fried potatoes. If you fry them mm. in ghee or clarified butter. Ooh exquisite and some garlic it's mm. so so good shout out to father dolly can he cook uh, Do we i don't know, know. Okay, i don't know we, we need to get you and him together and just yeah cook us stuff i'm always asking you guys to cook so me good. stuff do i sound hungry just no, saying no, no, i'm just a little really getting hungry indian right food is my favorite food because it's never it's, had it, it again is, you've never had it never no. had indian food. well i mean literally i converted and it was, okay, it, it I was just a few it. years ago. Yeah. I will just try a few it. Years it's ago. wonderful. It. And it's it is wonderful. so I'll come back so next week. So they have you the guys chapatis, the papadam, raitas. The, they have this thing called biryani. Biryani is, it's, it's almost like we would have a lasagna, mm -hmm. but instead of the noodles, they use basmati rice. So mm. they imagine layering basmati rice with, say, chicken and vegetables okay that sounds good it's really interested. really good very yeah. interested biryani oh i'm so hungry right now. yeah it's it's <laughs> but it's curry is a good metaphor for the well, church and that's an interesting because i think you and i had this conversation about curry once before and i was like oh i've always noticed that if there, and it was in that movie what is it the thousand hundred foot journey hundred foot journey got mm -hmm. that one mm -hmm. <laughs> um where they have the tin with yeah. all the different spices in right. it and anytime I've watched the cooking channel or something like that, they'll open up the tin and have all the different spices mm -hmm. in it. So it kind of blew my mind because I thought curry was one spice. And I was like, that's why there's a tin with a bunch of different spices. So I guess according to your family, what your family mm -hmm. recipe is, that determines which spices you put in there and how much you put in exactly. there. Exactly. And you know, in Ooh. India, it's a, it's a country of over a billion people. Uh -huh. So they, and they have m many different languages spoken. And so they have many different ways of making curry. So there's not like curry. Um, mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people from India that don't like curry, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, there's the, every region has their own variation. Interesting. And, um, but it is, it's really, really cool. Mm -hmm. But one right. of the things that I admire, one of the things that Pope John Paul II said in his book, Crossing the Threshold of Hope, that came out in 1994, is he every chapter in the book he talks about what does catholicism have in common with other world religions right so one chapter is on hinduism one chapter is on buddhism one chapter is on islam and he's talking about okay what do we have in common and um and then he had this uh the uh, world day of prayer at assisi in the 1980s and so he had all these religious leaders that came and they all prayed together. And he's like, okay, we, there are things we don't agree on, okay? Um, so for instance, some of our Protestant brothers and sisters, they don't agree of our, our devotion to Mary or the Eucharist or mm -hmm. something, right? They think, oh, it's just a representation, but we believe, no, it's actually real. But we, 
um, but we have a lot more that we do agree on. And one of the things that that um, the Bhagavad Gita, which is the the Hindu scriptures, talks about, and certainly our scriptures, is um, God's will. Mm-hmm. Deo volente in Latin. So God, what is God's will? And for us, and how do we how do we figure out what is God's will? Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think from from I have a theory that for most people, about once every five years, we tend to come to a crossroads. You know, like, okay, should I take that job in Connecticut, and or or should I should I do this? Should I not do that? Do I am I called to be a priest? So we kind of come to these crossroads occasionally in life, and we're trying to figure out what God's will is. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever felt that way? All the time, I think. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think it takes a big crossroad for me to say, oh, what would be God's will in this situation? I remember growing up, those uh, bracelets, the what would Jesus do kind of thing, mm-hmm. and would be, you know, the first reminder. But, I mean, yeah, I think you have a couple years in your life where you're like, woohoo, everything's going great, and all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, what is? why is this happening? There's got to be a reason okay, God's will, but why? Okay, help me understand it's God's will. It's so hard. Okay, remember, have faith, have hope. You got this. This is God's will. It's happening for a reason. Mm -hmm. But it's hard. But Mm -hmm. I think it happens more often Mm -hmm. than, um, well, I guess I see it now, you know, more than before that God's Mm -hmm. will and and things that you have to just let him take over, take the wheel, Mm -hmm. um, more often probably than other people, so... Yeah, and I wanted to mention too. We had a listener bring us a give us a question of how do you adjust to change? You know, starting a new career and struggling with balance. And I know for me, for me personally, at times, you know, when you're discerning God's will, you're just kind of coasting along with life, and then mm-hmm. boom, you find out like, oh, I'm pregnant, or you find out you're offered a new job, or you know, just different, or your spouse is offered a job, or there are just various things that all of a sudden come to you, or a bishop calls you up and says, Mm -hmm. hey, you're going to a new parish, and you know, you could just be kind of coasting, and then something happens, and it kind of, sometimes, at least for me, sends me a bit into like a little bit of a frenzy, Mm -hmm. and I always, I should expect it, and I should be calmer when those things happen, but but I'm not. So I get what this listener is saying here, and, and especially when you when you do maybe go through a big big change and a move or something like that, or just a, a chapter in your life has closed, you're in a new chapter and struggling with that balance. I completely get that, and I'm empathetic uh, to that. So, Father, what would you what would you say how to navigate when these types of things? come upon us and and how can we be at peace and how can we discern God's will properly in our lives? Yeah, no, it's a great question and thank you to the person that sent that in. Mm-hmm. And some people, the truth is some of us adapt to change better mm-hmm. than others. And some people, they they tend to, they're, they're good people and they, they have deep faith. But what happens, the danger, there's a danger that always accompanies routine. Mm-hmm. And yet there's a safety. So if you any anybody that's ever had children will say that kids thrive in routine, right? And but as adults, it does us well to change because routine as we get older can be dangerous. Mm-hmm. In other words, we're phoning it in. We're not really pushing ourselves. You know, I always say it's like uh, hitting the stained glass ceiling of your faith. 
And so change is good. It's immensely awkward for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but fear can be helpful. So, um, so we talk about, in other words, what I mean is um, when we push our comfort zone, what we're afraid of, let's say somebody's terrified of public speaking and they have to give the, the toast at the, you know, the, the best man, they have to give the toast at the rehearsal dinner and they're dreading it for a month ahead of time. And you see him in the corner doing tequila shots beforehand, right? <laughs> but, um, the, but then on the other side of it, they feel like they've conquered Mount Everest. Yeah. Like they've, they've yeah. really done some, well, they've grown mm -hmm. from that. And so change is actually um, a good thing for us. And so that, how do we discern, discern God's will? I think that in brief, I, say, I think personally God speaks to us through people in our lives the people we trust, uh, our prayer, uh, sometimes events in our life, and beauty. God mm -hmm. speaks to us to be through beauty. You know, having a child the first time, and, and you all of a sudden there's four eyes that meet each other the first first time. Mm -hmm. Clearly God has his, his hand on this event, this experience, right? And it's really a fingerprint of God. You go to the, the Grand Tetons, and you see, my heavens, this is beautiful. Yeah. So, um, but... I think one of the biggest mistakes that people made, and I have been immensely guilty of it myself, is you say, Lord, just show me what to do and I'll do it. Just show me what to do and I'll do it. Mm -hmm. Just show me what you do. And we're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And rarely does God inject himself in that situation. St. Paul is the exception of the rule, but he's not going to do that. So what yeah. he's going to do is he's going to wait and, and until we are Peter getting out of the boat, walking on water. Mm. Again, that means we confront our fear. In that sense, fear is useful. Mm -hmm. The clarity does come, but the clarity comes after we make the decision, not before. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that's immensely awkward for most people because we don't want to make a mistake. So imagine somebody saying, okay, should I propose to this woman? I love this woman, should I propose? Just show me what to do, Lord. Well, most of the time, it's crickets <laughs> from God. Mm -hmm. And that's deliberate because he's, where's the faith in that? Mm -hmm. You got to get be Peter stepping out of the boat. And the clarity does come, but it doesn't come until after you have the courage to step out of the boat. Mm -hmm. And you said fear was, earlier you said healthier, or what did it's you useful. say? Peaceful. It's, um, it's useful. It's useful. Um, I'll have, I have to admit, I'm guilty all the time. It's it's really easy to tell someone, you know, have faith in God's will. But mm -hmm. when it happens to you, you have all this faith. I mean, I'm a cradle Catholic. I I feel like I have a very strong faith. But there's moments in life where you're like, well, I trust you, Jesus. I trust. I trust, and and I understand that it's your will. But then you're still in that. So when you said fear is healthy and it's useful, it kind of gave me a little sense of peace in a second because it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean that you just have to be like, ah, it's God's will. You're still gonna have fear, but as long as you push through. So you saying that it kind of helps me feel better when I'm in fear, even though I trust and I know that it's God's will and it's for a purpose. And I, feel, I think we're all guilty of feeling like that in some sense or another. Exactly. I mean, I, I, think that, I think this would coalesce very organically with what Jesus is saying when he says fear is useless, what is needed is trust. So in the sense that what is useless, I think, if I'm understanding Jesus accurately, 
he would say, it's, it's useless for us to wring our hands. You know, he talks a lot about worry, for instance. Um, but in the sense, fear actually can be useful in the sense that we say, okay, this is something that clearly has some control over me. Mm-hmm. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk right into it. I'm not going to be rash, but on the other hand, I'm not going to let it paralyze me. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And so in that sense, it becomes useful. And you, you then take ownership of it. And, and I, I might add that when somebody has the power to do that, they, they can grow 20 years in the spiritual life in 20 minutes because they're a totally different person. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and we're all working on it. Lord mm-hmm. knows I am. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's this is this is hitting me hard, y'all. Today, <laughs> it's hitting home. It's hitting home. So I'm I might have been the one that wrote the question. <laughs> the question. Thank you, viewer and listener. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, because I know I I've always been guilty of okay, Lord, show me the sign. Show me the sign. Show me what to do. And then you're looking for every little thing and looking way too deeply into every little thing. But I know for most recently, and the big decision was, I made a result, like in my head, I said, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. This sounds crazy, this sounds insane, but I'm going to do this. And it was when I did that, a sense of peace just washed over me. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like anxiety before 100%. then. And then boom, there was, there was the peace and then everything fell into place after mm-hmm. after that and it was like oh but to say that yes to get out of the boat is a very scary thing mm-hmm. it's very very scary and, and i'll say i'm i'm a peter where i'm like yeah i'll get out of the boat and then i get out of the boat and then i start sinking because mm-hmm. i'm like what if what if what happened you know and the mm-hmm. anxiety starts and i start sinking again you know so uh so i really i really like that of god wants us to to do that because like you said to that point that really good point of where's your faith if not mm-hmm. which he's seeing every time he ever performed a miracle mm-hmm. he 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 wants some sign of the faith mm-hmm. of the person and in fact that's why he couldn't do any miracles in his hometown mm-hmm. because their lack of faith mm-hmm. they're like we know his dad yeah right and so um there there's there there does become part of it's a little bit like the um, an analogy would be as a parent when you're teaching your child to walk mm-hmm. and you're going before them and they take a couple steps and they fall mm-hmm. like come on you can do this you can do this get up and and eventually they get the hang of it mm-hmm. and as adults this is the same thing it's the same thing and um and jesus you know he tells the apostles this uh, as well he says look i have a lot more to tell you but you can't handle it now but in time you're going to be given more information and, and that's precisely what happened. That's exactly what happened. As time went on, they, they grew exponentially in the spiritual life because they were confronting their fear and, um, and really recognizing, okay, this is bigger than me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm actually um, becoming uh, a disciple now. Mm-hmm. And that's really, uh, you know, in fact, Pope John Paul II, um, he was once asked, uh, how do you describe yourself? And um, he said, in a word, disciple. Mm-hmm. I'm a disciple. And, um, and, and it's really the same for all of us. But we'll never actually grow into the disciples that we're called to be if we don't confront fear. 
mm-hmm. you know, and that includes having the fear to taste curry, Sylvia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So be not afraid. <laughs> Look Jump straight in. at into my soul when he said yeah. that. <laughs> I will try it. I promise. Yes, yes. And yeah. I think it's interesting too, because if we want, and I'm now calling myself out here, so here's confession. <laughs> and if I'm really being honest, what, and, and, and like you said earlier, with signs, or if I want this, or Lord, show me what your will is, and all of that, there's a, there's a lack of faith, but I think there's also control, you know, and, and I don't want to do something wrong, but that's been kind of a lesson that I've learned lately is that even if you do something and you di- you discerned it wrongly, you're still okay because mm-hmm. you're still learning something. You mm-hmm. grew. The Lord is allowing you Correct. to grow even when you do make the wrong decision mm-hmm. or, you know, now I'm not talking like big mm-hmm. vocational decisions, but I'm talking like, move or you know Mm -hmm. just those types of that that you you know just all of a sudden you make the decision you act on it and then what if everything goes wrong yeah and then you just think oh my gosh and you despair right but what would you say to that now amen i mean well said well said and i think the trick is that we have to actually learn from Mm -hmm. it I mean, it's it's like when you learn an iron is hot, don't touch a hot iron. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of people just, they never learn. They mm-hmm. keep making the same mistakes mm-hmm. over and over again mm-hmm. and then wondering why their life is miserable. And so they, and we, we all make mistakes. I mean, yeah. all of us, we've all been there. Mm-hmm. But I think the trick is to say, okay, that path did not make me happy. And, um, and then to own it mm-hmm. and then to pivot. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then we have no sense of shame. We think, okay, now I know what not to do. Right, right. I mean, I, for instance, I've known plenty of parents over the years that were raised by dysfunctional parents, mm-hmm. and they've said, "Well, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do when I raise my kids, but I know what I'm not going to do." Exactly. Right, mm-hmm. which gives you actually, in some ways, is even more important. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so good does come from it. Like to your point, if as long as we we learn from it. Yeah, because I heard a priest one time say, you know, it's it's God is more interested in who you're becoming, not in like, I mean, He wants mm-hmm. you to do His will. It's a beautiful point. Yeah, but He's but these are ways in which we're stretched and we we grow, and that's that's what the Lord really wants is to us to go out in faith because Peter sank. I mean, that was the thing. He, he sank. And so there was a little doubt. There was all of that. But Jesus was right there and pulled him right out. You know, so it, it's he's always there and we're always going to grow. And Yeah, that's right. Amazing. That's right. And that's this process we call conversion. And the mm-hmm. will that he wants for us, it's beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't wait to get to heaven. I know they have great curry. I want to get there, but just give me some time. Yeah, I'm ready, man. I'm ready. <laughs> so come, much Lord Jesus, come. Last line of the Bible. Be yes, not let's do this. Let's do this. Well, thank you guys for listening. Listen, don't forget to put soul in your food and give food to your soul. God bless you.